Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Hi, listeners. I'm here with Matuka Moonbear, and we're going to talk about the red tent today. But before we get into the whole ins and outs of it, uh, we'd like to call the Great Spirit and the God and Goddess, so uh, let's get into our sacred space. I call to the Great Spirit. I call to the two who move as one, through the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. I call upon the Goddess, Maiden, Mother, and Crone, past, present, and future, creator, sustainer, and destroyer, weaver of the web. I call to the God, Lord of light and Lord of darkness, God of the green and the gold, God of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever, so mote it be. So mote it be. So Matuka, um, you are head of the cancer ministry and um, I don't know anything about red tents, so I'm just going to go right out and ask the question, what is a red tent? Well, I'm really glad that you asked, because <clears throat> other than being red, um, the I idea of the color even um, is to show that everybody's connected through their blood. Okay? And um, so the women often dress in red and decorate in red to honor the link which is the menstrual cycle. Hmm. Yeah. But a red tent, um, altogether, its purpose is, uh, is for women to gather in, um, in sacred space uh, in order to share the commonality of being a woman mm -hmm. um, in a shame-free, safe environment where they can support one another, share in community, um, slow down, feel their bodies, listen to their own rhythms, share stories, uh, support one another in women's issues, whatever um, may come up. Um, the idea of it is to be an environment where um, all women can join, that the common link is women. So there's like all races, creeds, um, religion, whatever their background it doesn't matter that the common thread is being female hmm. uh, so why do you think this is important for women well you know I'll just speak in our culture because that's where we live now and our culture is a very fast-paced um, a lot to do and we measure ourselves by um, our production level, really. Mm. So we're putting out a lot, and um, there is a there's a consciousness around being super women. I'm sure there are lots of things around that for guys too. But um, being nur the 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 nurturers and the the life creators, there's like a double on that. I think mm. nowadays, and um, the importance is to be able to to get off that little spin, and to um, stop long enough to, to feel, to, to quiet the self, to listen, um, 
one of the things around uh, cycling women is that they go, th they their hormones are shifting, and the chemistry is changing, and in that change they. Um, they experience things that normally they can push through mm -hmm. and in those moments the it's saying no stop listen mm -hmm. and, and then i think that the um the common pms stuff that happens today comes from the difficulty in listening or not having the space mm. <clears throat> so what i hear you saying is that um because we push through to get things done to you know do things that we either need to or feel we need to do mm -hmm. that we're missing our women are missing the inner voices of what's going on in their bodies what's going on with their particular energy system yeah, I think that's part of it. I'm sure that the helter-skelter of life is um, gets everybody off guard, but be, in cycling women particularly, it's um, a challenge to mm -hmm. meet the rhythm mm. when their inner rhythm is saying something else. Mm. So what started this movement? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, there's um, a book that was written in 1997 um, called The Red Tent, and um, by Anita Diamond, I think is her name. The, the spelling is D-I-A-M-A-N-T, forgive me for misspelling, uh, pronouncing, just in case. But um, at any rate, the, the book was written in, in the 90s, and it ins it's um, about a Hebrew um, culture, um, ancient Hebrew culture, and uh, a biblical story about uh, a woman named Diana or Diana or Dinah, I don't mm -hmm. remember. And anyway, um, her whole uh, interaction with the Red Tent was that uh, because women were seen as unclean, they were put away mm -hmm. during that time. So the Red Tent was actually this sort place, of shaming shaming thing. thing. I think that reclaiming it as something um, as uh, something sacred and holy, though gives it a lot more value in today's women. I think it's healing that shaming for that uncleanness. Yeah. So then um, what happened is many women read that book and mm -hmm. were inspired. And one of the pioneers is Elisa Starkweather. Mm -hmm. And I know there are others because um, it was read by many, but um, she started in our area um, in New England area, and it spread quickly. She was talking to other people. She would go to like great gatherings of women, like with hundreds of women, and and talk about it. And mm -hmm. it just kind of took off. Um, so she's one of the um, keepers of that light, if you will. Hmm. So, um, just so I know, because I, I was very confused about the red whole red ten. What sort of like rules and governance or guiding structures mm. go into doing a red tent? Okay, um, there are some uh, encouraged guidelines, if if you will, um, some of which for safety's sake. Uh, so 
it, it's possible that there would be children mm -hmm. um, in within them or uh, young girls, and probably also a possibility of people with um, that are recovering. Mm -hmm. So no alcohol or drugs are allowed. That's yeah. that's that's um, when that's given. Um, other guidelines um, are also that there's encouragement about nour food nourishment, mm. so that they share food or prepare food because um, the idea is that woman's the creatrix and the nurturer, and many times it's giving the message, yes, we share with others, but now it's time to receive. Mm -hmm. So there's that crossover of that. Um, and as I said before, um, that it's open to all women, and it can't be owned. So yeah. like a, I, I, I couldn't say, okay, I own this, I run this, mm -hmm. everything. I, this is my red tent. It's not like that. It's, it's supposed to be built by all the women that mm -hmm. get together. So um, there's so no ownership. Sort of a communal effort. It's a communal effort, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, do you now want... Having experienced people who talked about the red tent to me and um, were very vehement about its importance, um, I was kind of shocked because things were shared with me that I felt like the red tent would be a lot like Vegas, where you go in and you can share things and be nurtured and, you know, have problems worked out through the power of community and through, you know. But then when you come out of the red tent, that your story and your power shouldn't be shared to other people who are not going to ever deign a red tent, i.e. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's through confidentiality, I think, with any kind of environment, I think it's very important that in order for there to be safety for vulnerable people, um, the red tent is a vulnerable place, you know? Mm. So um, confidentiality, respect, mm -hmm. no storage sharing. I think that's, um, I think women will hold stories that they heard. Yeah. Um, and that is true. But, um, and, and maybe get permission to share for other red tents, something. And that's a different thing. That's very but like, different. If I hear something in a red tent, I should go, oh, Adam, guess what? <laughs> yes. You know, it's yeah. just, that wouldn't be right. No. You know. Okay. Um, what do you think is something that women can get out of the experience of a red tent that they couldn't get out of having a girl's night out or, you know, some other say a women's circle okay there are differences from that um so let me answer the to the um women's circle thing okay a woman's circle is usually around um women's mysteries mm -hmm. um regarding the goddess and it is sort of uh, spiritually aligned to um, earth-based spirituality mm -hmm. red tent is open to all women in all religions so that wouldn't be comfortable for everyone and it isn't also the common thread. The common thread should be women from all their cultures being able to get together with a woman's issue, what mm -hmm. it's like to be in their body and so forth. Mm -hmm. So when the girls night out, usually they're drinking, maybe dancing, talking about men, talking about this or that, you know, mm -hmm. or their girlfriends or whatever's going on. <laughs> um, 
and it's usually there could be some deep talk perhaps mm -hmm. but it, it's a different kind of therapy mm. and it's not open to all women of course the girls night out is usually about a cluster mm -hmm. so so this becomes all-inclusive and this becomes uh, something that's done in sort of a more um, respectful it has a, a, a bit of a code I suppose in the mm. sense of that it's um, it's holding space and it is circling up with other women mm -hmm. because circles um, people speak are all on one level Nobody, yeah. there's no hierarchy mm -hmm. so there is that but it's more like um, speaking circles not um, religious circles yeah so when you're I'm gonna flash back what you're saying just so sure. that I understand um, so Obviously, it's going to be um, a more communal method because you're offering it up to all women everywhere. It doesn't matter the age, religion, mm -hmm. said, you know, all of that. Um, so it wouldn't be a clique like a girl's night out. And uh, a woman's circle is more of a religious ceremony embracing the divine feminine. And so this is more about women's issue, not the divine, not the, the grand cosmos, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Yeah, it's about women's stories. It's about women um, having sacred sisterhood in that they have um, the beauty of holding each other up and um, being tender. Cool. Um, let's see. Do you think that there are any drawbacks to the red tent model? Now, um, I thought long and hard about that question. And I think that the model itself is evolving. It's a grassroots um, mm -hmm. type of situation. So. Um, I, I can't say that it, there's a drawback per se. I think that there'll be experiences and, and learnings about what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. um, so the model as it sta stands right now, I think the isn't about the model being a drawback, but maybe about people within the model that could be a drawback. Mm. You know, are they doing it from a good heart? Are they willing to support, you know, the situation will they honor and respect confidentiality those kinds mm -hmm. of things I think might be you know I, I think you, you're going to have times where people don't always jive or they mm. have a hard time being vulnerable or hearing somebody else be vulnerable or might want to point things out or not hold space in a good way mm -hmm. I think those types of things could be a drawback but that's not the model that's the problem it's it's mm. people it's the people in it yeah yeah well Thinking about that, I feel that, you know, when going into a red tent, perhaps there should be some sort of rules, guidelines, you know, talk. Like, hey, we're all here, you know, we're all women, we are going to share women's stories, and sometimes there's vulnerability, and, you know, opening up that mm -hmm. space with a, with a blanket of safety. Yep. So to speak. Um, 
So, do you think that the support offered by a red tent is needed by men? Or is there some sort of male equivalent? You know, um, I think that everybody needs uh, a space. I really do. Um, as far as the red tent goes, I think that the, if we think about the red tent as sort of being like a womb and, and holding people in a container of safety, um, I think there, that women are getting together to support one another and heal one another in, because they're holding that space. Hmm. Um, I've heard stories about men being invited in, in mm -hmm. or having a time a special like month of the year or something mm. uh, where men were invited in the the brothers were invited in and and space was held for them mm. to be nur nurtured and mm -hmm. so forth so it's because a nurturing environment so mm -hmm. um, so I think everybody needs to be nurtured mm. um, I don't know if that fully answers the question <laughs> I don't know of any places that that hold that for men but I sure think that yeah. everybody needs to be nurtured it's, so I've always seen odd to me that women have this amazing ability to form community and support each other and men it doesn't always happen that way it doesn't seem to me that there are so many men's circles out there and I think that's really something that may happen in the next stage where men come to the point where they do need to share their feelings and open up to community and that support but I guess we're not quite there yet. There's that, you know, men have their own super Superman complex, mm -hmm. I guess you could say, mm -hmm. where it's all about providing and doing those things. Not every man embraces that. I mm -hmm. recognize that. But um, I also think there's part of men that forget certain aspects of the male force, like fatherhood. Mm -hmm and how important that can be. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to see more men coming together and, you know, talking about their stories and, you know, getting to their male communal brotherhood. But I don't know if the red tent is the place for that. So mm. perhaps someone will come up with something after hearing this podcast and create it. It could be you. Um, <laughs> I always feel weird because, you know, like, I'm, I'm part of a gay men's circle. Right. So, gay men, we have our own category, I think. I mean, right, right. yes, we're male, but we're also, you know, love, we love men. Yeah. Um, so, we can come together and have that group mind very easily. Right. And we're okay with supporting each other because the world is not easy on gay men. That's right. So I see that, but I always look to my straight brothers and like, I would love to support you, but I know that sometimes there's the feeling of around us, which I, you know, is a minor homophobia, like, oh, you just want to get me into the circle to do yada, yada, yada. And really we want to support you, but you know, it can't come from us. So finding that, you know, straight male community, I think is part of that. I think a way of finding um, 
their own vulnerability will be challenging. And I think that's some mm. of the reason why opening a red tent space to men at times to mm -hmm. show them how yeah. is important and to, you know, to hold them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, everybody came out of their mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether their mother was the kind that rocked them to bed at night and, and rubbed their tummy when they didn't feel good, or the kind that said, suck it up, Mm -hmm. it's still a mother was there mm -hmm. you know so um and as far as um women bonding more easily overall um i think that is the case because we have many cultures through thousands of years where the women would be left in the encampment working with one another where the mm -hmm. men went out and, and, and hunted or, or protected protected or, or did. so it was a natural thing to bond together because together they they form strength and and mm -hmm. they work together and so forth so yeah. it's just a different and, and it and and it it's very ingrained in the psyche of it, we are identified yeah by those energies and mm -hmm. by those things so much so uh now within the red tent are there facilitators in the tent to help someone if they need more than the usual support um, so, I'm thinking that it's never encouraged, um, and I could be wrong with this, but it's never encouraged to go into somebody's shadow, per se. It's not, um, mm. I mean, the idea is if somebody shares a story and, and they find themselves weeping, of course, they, people are there to, willing to hold them, um, you know, or, or, or whatever, but it's not um intended for processing it's not intended mm. for that level of um work intensity yeah um so you know it's more about i tell this story and there's emotion behind it and there may be weeping and then uh, somebody else might be responding to it also i'm like wow that reminds me of my story and they're weeping you know mm -hmm. it's um there's this resonance thing but mm -hmm. the, you have the whole kind of holding this container. Hmm. Um, so uh, that is my understanding. So it's more facilitated by the community itself. Yeah, it's supposed to be women holding it together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. So what made you passionate about offering this to, to community? Well, what made me passionate? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to say that um, Women's Mysteries has been a large part of my life throughout my adult life. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea of sacred sisterhood was also so, but I'm pagan, so like I get my own little paradigm about that. Mm -hmm. um, working with Elisa Starkweather um, helped align to, in Priestess Path, helped align to some awarenesses about how to hold space for women um, without a religious structure, but to, but keep it sacred. Yeah. And um, there were a lot of flavors in it, you know, that were borrowed from all different cultures. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And um, so I think the passion came from seeing the warmth of women holding each other up and I saw what that could do, hmm. um, and I realized if women could love themselves, heal, 
themselves, um, hold space for themselves, give themselves permission, um, and stop shooting <laughs> themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, that uh, amazing things could happen, and um, and the other piece to answer that question is, I want it for me. Yeah. So, in my desire for having it in my life, I want to share it with others. Hmm. Cool. So, what are, what if any, plans do you have for a red tent in, say, the Temple Witchcraft community? Hmm. Well, um, that has been a slow evolution, interestingly enough. Um, mostly because I've been uh, gathering information about it, mm -hmm. um, doing teleconferences with Elisa Starkweather around the Red Tent, researching. There is a Red Tent movie coming out, too, that will give a lot of information to people. Mm. Um, and so how I see that evolving um, is to um, word of mouth reach out to, to people, and it'll probably start small, and then it'll spread. Mm -hmm. But um, hold space of a red tent for people, and, and um, I'd like to see that happen, like, monthly. So how does that look? Um, there's so much involved around scheduling, mm -hmm. so it may be um, about not being attached to a location. Yeah. You know, it may be about... That's the best part about a tent. It can go anywhere. It can go anywhere. It could be a tent, mm -hmm. even. But... Uh, Many times they're held indoors, um, mm -hmm. and the room is decorated in red. Um, we have, uh, the Temple of Witchcraft does have a red easier. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. Mm -hmm. um, ten by ten, so we could start with um, a couple outdoor ones um, at local parks during the warm weather. I'm mm -hmm. hoping um, that Temple Fest will be the, the intro to inform information about it. Cool. Um... So now, do you have any concerns about offering this to the community? Um, some of my concerns are to, I do have a few, yes. And mm -hmm. some of them are um, around getting the cooperation and support of other women to step up and mm -hmm. act. It's not about, I'm going to drag this tent outside and I'm going to put this up all by myself and hope show, people show up. Um, it's not about that. It's mm -hmm. about um, probably um, communicating verbally and getting the interest. Mm -hmm. And then a group of us begin. Mm. You know, so, and I've had people say, well, let me know when you start. Um, and it's not about when I start. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's when we start. It's when we start. So we'll, um, so my concerns are about having the bodies and the commitment. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and making sure that the integrity of it, you know, just the first rounds, you know, of keeping the integrity of it going. Mm -hmm. So it would be more like the birthing process, if you will, of it beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any cancer ministry things you would like to talk about here on the podcast before we wrap up? Okay. Well, thank you. Um, cancer ministry things. Well, we just had our... Um, our monthly women's circle. It's usually on the second Saturday of every month, although in June it is not. Um, it's the third Saturday because we're honoring uh, Gay Pride. So we'd like to march at Gay Pride um, that weekend, so we postponed it a week. Awesome. And uh, 
So other than women's circles, we have also started um, a group of parents together on to begin the beginnings of a children's ministry. And um, the excitement is stirring around that, that um, we have them talking amongst each other and um, designing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm sort of watching over it until it has some kind of form that is safe and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um and then when it's up and running I'll I'll back up and just have them you know report to me kind of thing but it's exciting that there's a lot of excitement amongst the parents um our th- our first intention is um to have a children's circle um for Lamas and that will be the Sunday hopefully the Sunday after our temple so cool yeah so grown-ups on saturday and children on sunday awesome yeah and that's what we're doing so far cool now um the cancer ministry does you know has holds the space of the the nurturing mother and um takes care of our food donations yes to the local food shelter yes um we gather um uh, non-perishable food items at um, our temple sabbats and um, and some of the women's circles they have it hasn't taken off its women's circles ironically hmm. I, which I find interesting but um, we get a, a good amount at times you know um, I've I think we've had as much as 75 pounds at one uh, event and I take them to the New Hampshire Food Bank Mm-hmm. Um, in Manchester, and uh, that's where we've been taking them until we have our own place and can have our own food pantry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I I like about our donations at the Sabbaths is that they're all the way around the year. Mm-hmm. It's not just Thanksgiving or yes. Christmas that yes. people are doing it. Um, I know other organizations do it throughout the year, but it it's like it's ours it's set into our structure to have it during throughout the year so i think it's really important i agree and um it's also important for others to know that we're there Mm -hmm. and that we're we're part of community too yeah and we're feeding people too Mm -hmm. i i mean i think that's important for everything that we do um so when we're reaching out into the mainstream community that they're knowing that that witches are as valid yes um spiritually yeah. so we give back as much we as give back everyone as else everybody else yeah so right well awesome well thank you matuka for coming mm-hmm. and thank you for having me talking to us about the red tent and the red tent movement um i think we'll just bring our space down again and say goodbye to our listeners so We thank the great spirit and the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the God and the goddess who move through us and work with us. May we recognize your presence in our lives. Blessed be. Blessed be. All right. Bye, listeners. Merry meet, merry part, and merry Merry meet meet again. again. Bye. You've been listening to 
Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.